was game 32 and I'm thinking to myself, I have 100 games left. There's no way I'm going to be able to make it through this. And that's the thing is, as the year goes on, you start looking back and like, are right, you hit certain benchmarks and you make it to certain, you make it another month, you make it another week. And next thing you know, the season's over and we're in the off season now. Welcome to episode 257 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. It's hard to believe, but the 2023 season is coming to a close. And with that, the final episode for this season of the podcast. Instead of our usual rundown of the news headlines, let's start things off with a very simple thank you. It's been an incredible year having the opportunity to welcome so many amazing guests onto the show to talk about their journeys and highlight some of the great things happening here in our province. We are truly blown away by the support we receive each and every day as we continue to set records when it comes to social media interactions, website views, and podcast downloads. We couldn't do it without all of you. So again, thank you. On to this week's guests, and we started the season with two pros, so let's finish it with two more. We'll start with Wetaskiwin's Matt Kootenay, who now has his first full pro year under his belt. A 10th round pick of the Los Angeles Angels in 2022, the left-handed slugger split the year between the single-A Inland Empire 66ers and the high-A Tri-City Dust Devils. Combined, he hit 264 with 15 home runs and 71 RBI in 121 games. The St. FX Academy and Old Dominion University grad is back home doing some coaching with Jason Chatwood at St. Joe's Academy in Red Deer while also training to get himself ready for the upcoming season. Matt, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. The numbers kind of speak for themselves, but I want to talk about the feeling part of it. How are you feeling about the year that you just had? Uh, it was good. Um, you know, it was first pro, first full pro year and, you know, people kind of tell you a bunch of stuff going into your first full season and you don't really get what they say until you fully go through a first first full year and what i mean by that is it's a long year and people don't realize the the stuff that goes into the day-to-day process from waking up from first thing in the morning to going to bed at night there's a lot of stuff that happens day in and day out and kind of going back to spring training is you know, you're out there for a month straight and I think you get one day off and then it rolls into the season and you're playing six days a week, traveling on your off half of your off days on Monday and people don't realize the taxing grind that it takes in your body and your mind and it was awesome kinda of going through that. I remember I was having a conversation with a couple of people the other day talking about how long the season was. Well, I remember I was we were going to the the Padres Low A affiliate in California and it was game 32 and I'm thinking to myself I have 100 games left there's no way I'm going to be able to make it through this and that's the thing is as the year goes on you start looking back and like you hit certain benchmarks and you make it to certain you make it another month you make it another week and next thing you know the season's over and we're in the off season now Mm -hmm. did you find yourself having a bit of an adjustment period there where you needed to find kind of a a new way of doing your routines and going through that day-to-day because of the the added element of hey this is six or seven days a week now adjustment is a perfect word you know whatever you do in the off season um whatever you do that day can change you know the next day and you always have to make adjustments you have to figure it out because you might feel good one day and the next day you don't sometimes your swing feels good sometimes it doesn't sometimes you need more reps before before the game in early work sometimes you don't sometimes you need a break and you have to be your own coach and your own you know 
you have to gauge things on yourself and, and tell yourself, all right, I need to do more. I need to do less. Or maybe I just need to have an average day of reps and just prepare myself that way for that day. And everything changes from day to day to week to week to month to month, depending on, uh, on a bunch of stuff, you know, weather, conditions, how long have you been playing? When was the last time you had an off day? All that kind of stuff kind of goes into effect on the decisions that you need to make um, as a pro. Mm-hmm. Did you find yourself having to make a lot of adjustments based off of what coaches and and development coaches were trying to tell you, or was a lot of what you were trying to do almost uh, more of a reflection point for you, like going, okay, hey, my contact, like the last time we chatted, you were talking about, hey, maybe my contact is what will change my swing. Did you find yourself making adjustments more on a personal reflection note? I think it's uh, it's both. You know, the coaches and the staff there they're there because they want to help. They're in your they're there in your you know in your own best interest, and they care about you. Um, but at the end of the day, you know yourself the best, so you kind of have to find this happy medium of like, all right, this is what my hitting coach is seeing. All right, this is what my infield coach is seeing. This is what my manager is seeing. All right, how am I able to kind of take what they're saying and? Uh, determine what I need to do personally because what they're saying um, might be different on the field you need to do to kind of find that happy medium of of producing and creating results and just getting better every single day, day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Did you find yourself being able to play, I'll call it the Matt Kootenai way, or did you have to change the way you play the game a little bit to kind of make yourself more appealing to uh, the coaches and the development team with the Angels? Uh, (laughs) I don't think there is your own way to play now after going through a a full year just because like what you think is right could be right could be wrong but two days down the road two weeks down the road you could it could be completely different based off of the the grind Mm -hmm. you know mentally physically you know emotionally there's so many variables so much stress and tax and stuff that goes on that people don't realize you know it's a long time your days your day starts at one o'clock but the game doesn't start till seven you know there's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that goes in that people don't see behind the scenes that affect how you play, how you perform, how your attitude is. And at the end of the day, you play professional baseball where your job is expected. You're expected to perform. You're expected to create results. And that's the only thing that matters. And you got to do whatever you got to do for that day to figure out how you're going to be able to perform. And that's going to change through the course of the season multiple times. One of the things that you hear a lot of from baseball players is baseball is a game of failure. And especially as you go further and further up the up the depth charts in pro ball, you have to kind of get used to more failure. Did you find yourself having to uh, to kind of shift your mindset a little bit to get yourself ready for, for that element of the game? The men- yes, the mentality is so important. You know, the older I'm starting to get, the more I would say laid back I feel like I'm getting. And what I mean by that is there's so much stuff going on throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year that you can't control, but there's also a lot of stuff you can control. And we talk about failure and not having success and people talk about confidence and all this kind of stuff. Well, you're going to go play 100-plus games, get 500-plus at-bats. Of course you're going to fail. And, of course, as the higher you get, the harder it's going to get. And being able to kind of come with terms with failure and understand that the results are the, are the results and 
what you do and your process and how you react to that is totally different. They're two separate things. And kind of going back to what I said earlier, this kind of laid back mentality is like, all right, like before, for example, in college, you know, maybe I'll get a little upset on results. You know, our expectations as baseball players are set so high where we want to be perfect and do everything right. Well, in reality, you're going to fail a lot. You're going to fail more times than you succeed. And I feel like people get so caught up in the results and the results end up affecting people's confidence. And, and for myself, one of the biggest things that I learned throughout the year was was being able to, to gain confidence from different avenues. You know, people say, oh, that guy's playing with a lot of confidence or vice versa. They're not playing with confidence. They're timid out there. And I found, especially at the start of the year, I was letting the results and the failure affect my confidence as a player. But the more I was a the more I matured, the more bats I got, the more games I played, I started to realize, okay, confidence isn't built off of the results. It's built off of the preparation and the stuff I can control. You know, that starts from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed. You know, what kind of sleep am I getting? Am I getting the proper rest? Am I getting the proper treatment? Am I getting my routine in? Am I eating right, hydrating right? All this kind of stuff that people don't realize that that affects you on the field, but it also affects you mentally, in my opinion. And that was kind of the biggest thing I gained from this season from failing so much because you're going to fail a lot is that I'm able to kind of uh, gain confidence from different different avenues and, and kind of be able to piece it up piece by piece so then when the game starts, you're ready to go and you're ready to perform. And that's where the, the, com- the competitor comes out and the ball player comes out. So kind of... Um, go for full circle here is like yes failure is a lot and it's super important you're going to go through it but it's it's how you respond and how you react to the different situations that come up across the course of the season Mm -hmm. we've talked a little bit about the mental side how about the physical side looking at it from the outside we may not know what's going on behind the scenes uh it looked like you had a fairly healthy year talk about how you're feeling after the year after the grind after uh going through the ebbs and flows of a full pro season it's it's a lot you know people don't realize like i said I might be showing up to the field at 12 o'clock, one o'clock for a seven o'clock game. And you do a lot of stuff in between. And it's, it's like what I said before, taking care of your body, making sure you're, you're treating, treating yourself the right way. It, it goes into everything. And it's not only from when you show up to spring training, it's now in the off season too, you're starting to create a foundation, you know, that strength, that, that confidence of, of how your body moves and how you're understanding how your body moves and how that is able to be related to injury and staying healthy and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I definitely feel like that's an important part of it is, is creating a good foundation and having a good structure. So when, you know, you are struggling or when things aren't going your way, you kind of have something to always fall back onto. And that could be, you know, physically from, uh, having success to failure to dealing with injuries and like the men- the mental side of that, um, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I assume after the season, you had a good sit down with coaches and development guys and what you needed to do to get better for next season. What was said and what are you working on this winter to make sure you're, you're one step further ahead he- heading into 2024? I just find that um, in baseball, there's always this constant chase of getting better. You know, I feel like nobody has ever figured it out. If they have, you'd hit a thousand and you wouldn't, if you're a pitcher, you would strike everybody out. But that's just not, not reality. It's not how it is. And I just feel like even the best players in this game, you're chasing you know, different feelings or different moves and stuff like that because everybody wants to get better. There's no one right way. There's no one wrong way to do 
a certain thing. Um, so for myself, I, I definitely feel like just just moving better is, is kind of like the core principle that my my off season is kind of revolving around. Um, you know, there's a bunch of different stuff that I do. Um, you know, in the off season here to prepare myself for the for in season you know i'm chasing certain feelings i'm chasing certain moves because i want to get my body in in certain positions um right now in the cages so then when i'm able to go out in the field i'm able to trust all the work i've done beforehand um you know i know that's pretty vague i'm not getting into things specifically but essentially the idea is i'm, I'm essentially always chasing to move better and get better so when you get out there all you have to do is about worry about is competing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any expectations of yourself heading into next year on where you'd like to be or what success might look like in your eyes? <laughs> it's funny you ask that because I could say expectations of, oh, I want to start here, I want to start there, I want to have these kind of numbers, and I definitely feel like people do that a lot, people look into that a lot, but at the end of the day, you can't control any of that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to go and hit 300 or you're going to go hit 200 or maybe you're going to hit 25 home runs or maybe not. Maybe you get hurt. Maybe you get sent up and down your double a, you go to high a or whatever. Those are the things that you can't control as a, as a pro. The only thing you can control is, is what you do and how you kind of react to those different situations you're put in. And, and like I've said before, it, it comes down to controlling what you can control and not worrying about, the stuff you can't control and having this almost laid back mentality of like, all right, like I get sent to high, I get sent to high, sweet. I'm just going to do my job and perform. And that's all I can do. And that comes down to the preparation at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Speaking of things you can't control. And you and I talked about this a little bit off air, but I wanted to chat just a little briefly about the fact that, I mean, you're an angels prospect. So you probably had a chance to, to sit down and watch the insanity of the last uh, couple of weeks here, given what's been going on with Otani. What's it been like as as a player in that system? Is there a buzz within you know the the chat groups and that kind of thing, or has it been pretty like, hey, it's a business and and we whatever happens happens. All I know is seven hundred million is a lot of money, and I'm not too sure there's many people out there that are able to pay a player seven hundred million. And good for Otani, you know, it's a business at the end of the day, and you know, he got his, and good for him. So. He's, he did it right. I mean, at the end of the day, like, sure, like, he was an angel, and he did help this organization a lot, and he did a lot of things right, And but at the end of the day, he's taking care of himself, and that's just something that I, it, as a pro and in this game, you can respect. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've noticed with the Angels specifically is that they do take a lot of pride in being able to bring players up. Obviously, Otani's a different situation, but they, they had the faith in Trout. They had the faith in, in a number of players over the years. So how much of that weighs on your mind, or do you think about that, hey, they have the patience to watch you move up the, the depth charts and to, to treat you the right way to get you to where you need to be? Yeah, I think we use 60 some players, 65, 66 players in the big leagues last year, which is a good amount. The year before, they used 60-some also. Um, so you never know what's going to happen. You know, you could get hot and play super well and get promoted. And, you know, next thing you know, you, you could be in the big leagues, and you never know. There's injuries, and there's a bunch of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people don't realize. And like I said, we use 60-some players in the bigs, and you never know. It could be, you know, one one or two good months that you get super hot and the team needs somebody because somebody got hurt and you get sent up. And that's where it comes down to, like, 
like you said before, expectations. Where do you expect to start? What kind of year do you want to have? And that's like out of your control because the only thing you can't control is showing up every single day. And that even, even today in the middle of December, it's showing up every single day um, because you're laying the foundation for, for the next seven months during the summer of how you're going to perform and how you're going to be able to produce and get results. I know you don't want to set those expectations, but given that you're now in the system, you've got a year under your belt, you've got that confidence built up. Are you starting to have those thoughts of what's that first MLB game going to be like? Or when, when that happens, do you have those dreams or premonitions at this point yet? It's kind of cool that you asked that because I'm starting to see some guys I got drafted with, some guys that I've, I'm buddies within the organization get their MLB debuts and they're in the big leagues and, you know, they're up and down or whatever it is. And it's kind of cool being able to reach out to them and, and see what their experience is like. Or we'll go to spring training and I'll run into a lot of the guys and just kind of hear what they say. And it's it seems like an awesome, awesome time. You know, people say, oh, playing in the big leagues is cool. You're playing every single day. You're playing in front of all these fans, traveling all over the place. And that's something that I definitely feel like you you will never be able to to be able to relate to somebody unless you do it. So kind of it's kind of cool hearing from all my buddies that are making their debuts and, and stuff like this. But like you said, you know, do you dream about it or do you think about it? So like, yeah, you want to be a big leaguer, and that's definitely going to be cool. Um, but it's also cool to hear your hear your buddies' stories and their different perspectives of what it's like to be in the bigs. Mm-hmm. I was at the Baseball Alberta Awards a few weeks back, and a couple of St. Joe's guys came away as big winners. Corbin Lockhead was one, Matthew Murray was the other, and chatted with them after the awards. And both of them mentioned you by name, not name-dropping at all, but it has to be kind of cool to be able to come back home and do some coaching and have an influence on on young players like that. 100%. You know, I get to go in there you know, during the week and get my training in and I kind of help them out at the same time. We'll, we'll have conversations about different things and it's, it's awesome to see that kind of stuff. I was just in there not too long ago today and, you know, it's kind of cool to see, you know, the growth and the development of these guys. We're getting close to Christmas now. So all these college guys, um, that graduated last year, the year before or whatever are starting to come back and you get to see some, some, some familiar faces. And it's awesome to see how guys have changed and grown and, and developed over the year. Um, and that's from the high school guys all the way up to the college guys. And it's kind of cool coming back now, being a little older and being able to have these conversations with these kids. Mm-hmm. Given that you've got that year under your belt, what's the biggest message or, or, piece of advice that you're giving to them so they get the most of, out of not only their high school time, but you've been through the trials and tribulations at Cole being at ODU as well. I mean, you've gone through it all. So what's your biggest takeaway for them? It's, it's your career. You know, I say that, you know, sometimes to the kids is like, if you want to do it, you can do it. There's an opportunity here. You know, some kids are able to go to college they are able to get scholarships. You know, there's money attached to that. And at the end of the day, it's your career. You know, if you don't want to do that, that's perfectly fine. You know, do whatever makes you happy. If you just want to stay here in central Alberta, that's perfectly fine. But there's an opportunity to, you know, maybe go down south, maybe go play in the CCBC or whatever and earn some money and and, and gain some friendships and relationships and, and some memories that you're going to be able to remember for the rest of your life. You know, it's it's it can be a little difficult sometimes relating to these high school kids because i've gone through college i've gone and made these really these relationships and made these friendships 
uh, over the years, and these kids haven't done it yet. And, you know, there's some kids that are in college now that have come back for Christmas, and they're starting to, you know, say some stories about this stuff to the, the high school kids. And I think some of the older high school kids are, are starting to look forward to college and starting to look forward to these different opportunities of traveling all over the place and getting to play baseball in the States and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What's well, it meant to you to be able to give back to the community in this way and have a different kind of impact on that next generation of athlete? It's definitely cool. Um, you know, we talk about St. Joe's and Red Deer. Um, you know, I go in there during the week to help out, and it's kind of funny that that you say this giving back to the community, you could say, or or mentoring these kids, but at the same time it's kind of happening to me. You know, I look mm-hmm. at a guy like Jason Chadwood who runs runs the academy down there, and it's the same thing. You know, he's not too old, much too older than me, but he's done it all. He's went and played college baseball, went to Colby, went to Gonzaga. He's played throughout his whole whole college career, and he's done it, and he's doing this that now. He's been doing that for years, and he's able to do that to the high school kids. He's able to do that with the uh, Silver Lake Gulls and give back to the college guys that come up from the States and stuff like that, and he's able to do it with myself. And he's somebody who, who I look up to, somebody I appreciate because he's a guy who who's able to wear different hats. And what I mean by that is he's able to relate to a lot of different kids whether that's high school, college, myself, about the game of baseball and help kids and get better, um, understanding the things they need to do and the sacrifices they need to make and and really show them the ups and downs and the ropes of the game. And he's just kind of somebody who, who sticks out to me that you said are giving back to the community. Um, he's a guy that, that's been doing that for years. Mm-hmm. Final question for you. I know I've asked you this before, but I'm curious if your answer has changed given uh, sort of the maturation that you've you've undergone over the last little bit here. Uh, what does the game of baseball mean to you? What does the game of baseball mean to me? That's a good question. Um, I feel like that answer is always going to change. You know, it's it's a game of, of ups and downs. It's a game of struggle. It's a game of failure. We went over that, and, you know, I kind of set my piece of, uh, of creating confidence and controlling what you can control. And to me, the game of baseball, it probably mean, it means a lot to me in regards to relatability into life. And what I mean by that is, like I said, the ups and downs. You're going to have days that are better than others. You're going to have success. You're going to fail. You're going to not be in control of a lot of things and that is um so crucial in life you know there's going to be days where you can't control what's going on there's going to be days where you feel at the top of the mountain you're on this um absolute high and you feel like you're unbreakable and then there's days on the on the on the other end of the spectrum where you're struggling to make it through, you know, you don't want to go and do certain things. You just want to stay home and, and do, don't do anything. But to me, the game of baseball has has taught me a lot of lessons in life in, in that regard of taking care of business, understanding the bigger picture in mind that it's not all all about you and and giving back to other people around you is extremely important. Mm -hmm. Great answer. Great catching up with you as always, Matt. Really appreciate the time again. Congrats on the success of this year. Continued success next year and beyond. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all the best in 2024 and beyond. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was awesome.
Next up is Winkler, Manitoba's Tristan Peters, a seventh-round pick of the Milwaukee Brewers in 2021. He's had a whirlwind couple of years, including being traded twice, first to the San Francisco Giants before landing with the Tampa Bay Rays. He spent the entire 2023 campaign with their AA affiliate, the Montgomery Biscuits, where he hit 276 with seven home runs and 46 RBI in 93 games. The Dogs Academy and Southern Illinois University alum admits he started slow, and a surprise change allowed him to come back strong. Tristan, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. When you look back at 2023, how are you going to remember it? Um, I'm going to remember it kind of like uh, it was a big learning year. Um, how to deal with failure, learning how to um, what um, kind of how my swing works, and more of my play style and stuff like that. And I mean, I've and also how to deal with being on a new team. Just all sorts of things happened this year. It was a lot, but it was it was super fun. Um, but I know I struggled the first half of the season and kind of learning from those struggles, how to deal with the failure and which is always a constant learning process. Um, and kind of why I struggled too mechanically. And it was a lot to do with a bat, which was kind of crazy, but yeah. Hmm. So what was it about sort of the, the struggle? What led to it in your eyes? Was it a matter of like just a different atmosphere, a different uh, team? As mentioned, you were traded a couple of times over the last couple of years here. What, what was it that kind of made things a little more difficult than you're used to uh, in the baseball world? Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's double A too. It's, it's, it's tougher at that level. I've played mostly high A, well now mostly double A, but um I think new team had some a little bit to do with it. I did well in spring training. I had a really good spring training. And then going into the season, I had some pretty good confidence in. Started all right. I started pretty good and then kind of just str- struggled for a while. And um, it was just um, – I, I wouldn't say it was all to do with new team. I had great great teammates, great friends and stuff like that. But um, we realized that I was using too heavy of a bat, and that also – I believe got me hurt. And so I was dealing with a injury as well. So that was new to me. And, um, yeah, so yeah. And then just like not being there mentally, especially when I was hurt, it was just hard to, it was, it was tough. Mm-hmm. So when you look at those numbers, I mean, 276, seven home runs, 46 RBI, 14 stolen bases over 93 games. I mean, when you look at those numbers from an outsider's perspective, it looks good. In your eyes, how do you grade that overall performance once you were able to get things on track again? Um, well, I think the overall performance was a good year. I, I think I can have a better year. Um, but especially since my second half, I, I think at the end of the first half or a week into the second half, I was hitting about two eleven. So the fact I was able to get it up to two seventy five was, was encouraging to me. And I think I hit about 300 in the second half. And that's kind of where I want to be since I'm not going to hit a lot of homers. I only had seven home runs. Um, but that's also kind of what I'm working on this off season is getting bigger and stronger so I can get a few more homers because it's very valued at the, uh, in baseball nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I also don't want to, I want to keep my contact percentage um, up and that's kind of my play style too. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and funny thing too, another thing to contribute to the first half is we had these balls. We called them the sticky balls. So the minor leagues were, uh, what do you call it, testing these balls, pre-tacked balls, so the pitchers had gripped. They didn't have to um, rub them up with mud Mm -hmm. prior to the game. Um, and it turned out that pitcher's stuff got way better. <laughs> that might have had a little bit of something to do with it, but it was a crazy year, and the, our league was the only one they were using those in. So, <laughs> just a just, for the first half. just kind of a calamity of errors, almost in a sense. Take us back to the bat thing for a second. So when you realize that, okay, maybe this thing's too heavy. Walk us through mm-hmm. the process. Like, are you going to the store or what? How do you go about trying to figure out what bat feels right and how many bats maybe did you have to go through to figure out, okay, this is the one or this is the kind that I want to use going forward? Yeah. So, um, we initially, so I was in big league camps. So they tested all the minor leaguers in minor league camp, uh, their bats and stuff and see, saw how it suited them. Um, and I wasn't there and a few of my leaguers, so they didn't get to test my bat. So only half way, maybe three quarters of the way through the first half, they, um, they, we had a meeting just with me and some of the strength coach and uh, hitting coordinator and stuff. And they're like, yeah, well, your bat speed's way down and we want to see that get up. So we're going to do a strength program with you. We want your nutrition better or whatever. They just want me to gain weight so I could swing the bat better. And then I told them about my bat and stuff. And they're like, dang, swinging. That, that, that's a heavy bat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go weight it. They, so they went and weighed it. It was a huge process. And then um, I tried out this bat that I've seen players using. With a, it has, it's called a puck knob. So it's a bigger knob at the end. Yeah. So kind of a counterweight. And my bat speed went up almost 10 miles an hour. And Jeepers. so they were hoping to get more homers out of my bat speed in the in turn, I actually made more contact, which was weird. But now I'm kind of going, I've, I also got fitted for that after the season. So now I have like kind of my own model. And I was through a program with Marucci that the Rays have. And so I swung like six bets and kind of decided which one felt the best, which one I was hitting the ball the hardest with and stuff like that. How much do you think that's going to contribute to your overall confidence, especially having sort of a, a full off season to to work with that, to not necessarily work it in, but obviously get get yourself and your your motion and your your swing ready with that bat versus testing and trialing things early on in a year like you did. Yeah, no, I think I think it's going to be a huge boost in confidence. I think it will it suits me so much better. I don't feel like I'm swinging a, a, like a log, mm-hmm. and um, but it just feels really comfortable. And I kind of keep. I'd love to keep that throughout the entire year. Um, I also switched wood types too, which is interesting. I'm hoping to get a little more exit velo out of a maple bat opposed to what I was using uh, birch because uh, it's softer wood. Maple's harder, so mm-hmm. also. But I, I don't know. I can't back that up yet. We'll see what the season shows. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm excited to start using it. I think it'll improve my game a bit. Um, but I think the biggest thing is going to be the mental side and being confident and um, just kind of consistent. Mm-hmm. As you made your way up the ranks, I'm curious, what's been the biggest learning curve for you or the thing that you've had to adjust to as you've gone from level to level to level? Yeah, um... 
I can't say there's a huge difference between like high and double A. I, the pitchers are better. They've got better stuff. They locate better. That's about biggest difference. But I think it's just dealing, you're going to fail more the higher you go. And it's kind of learning how to deal with that failure and how to limit it. Like, not necessarily limit it, but um, um, even out your highs and lows more so. Not go super low and super high. Kind of just even keel. It's, it's very, that's probably the hardest part about baseball. Mm-hmm. When the season wrapped up, I assume there's an exit meeting or some sort of interview to talk about what went well, what didn't go well, what to look forward to for next year. What did you talk about? What kinds of things are you looking to improve over the off season to make sure that you're taking a step in the organization's eyes heading into 2024? Yeah. So we talked about the biggest thing being strength training. So that's, I'm pretty much only lifting this off season. They said that they don't even want me really, they wouldn't care if I didn't pick up a bat all off season, <laughs> which is funny because yeah. they're very happy with my, where my swings at and my contact rate and all that stuff. They just want me to have a little more power. So got to get to the weight room. And, but yeah, so I've barely swung this off season. In fact, every time he asked me, he's like, have, have you swung it? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, good. <laughs> really funny. But, yeah. Kind of a weird thing for a, a baseball player to say, yeah, it's a good thing I haven't swung the bat. So walk us through what <laughs> right. all those strength, like walk us through a, a week in the life of Tristan Peters when it comes to strength and conditioning. Like, are you at it seven days a week? Is it five days a week? And what what exactly are you focusing on when you're when you're taking part in each lift day? Yeah, so we're working about five days a week. So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So Wednesdays and Sundays are off. Um, but we're, we're, we're focusing on just like pure strength, just building muscle, gaining weight. I'd like to get around 205 after the off season. And I'm at around 200 right now. So we're making progress. And I've gotten a lot stronger already too. So I think the strength part's the most important. But then we're trying to incorporate. We just started running this week. I want to work on some sprints, uh, start or sorry, steel starts and stuff like that. I want to steal some more bases. But the biggest thing is just kind of getting stronger, being better. From a, I'm an explosive athlete, um, and we're working on getting stronger from a a dead stop. So like stopping and then starting really quick and strong. So that's our focus. It's also an off season that's kind of different to you in the sense that it's not as active, whether it be tra- uh, changing locations. You went from Milwaukee to San Fran to Tampa Bay's organization in a really short amount of time. And also on the personal yeah. side of things, you got married about a year ago now. So life is kind of throwing a bunch of stuff at, at you. Uh, how excited are you to have mm-hmm. a, a bit of an off season where it's a little more low key and you can kind of focus in on on fine tuning that game and also fine tuning life at home? Yeah, no, I'm I'm really liking it. Like, I wanted to just, like, last offseason was very stressful. We had a wedding planning. I was trying to do all baseball. I was working. It was a lot. And so I told my wife, too, I was like, I kind of want to just have a little more of a chill offseason so I can focus on what I need to be doing, like the weight room and just baseball stuff so I can get to the next level and, and like, kind of provide for my family now that I have. So... Like we've got a dog now, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's not all about baseball anymore. Like I was when I was in school, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So there's a lot of different aspects. I'm trying to focus on my marriage, my, uh, um, myself being a good husband and then being a good future father. So for sure. When you look ahead to 2024, do you have any expectations of yourself as far as where you're playing at? Are you hoping is triple a the expectation or the, the dream or are you trying, are you gunning for that? Do you think that that uh, pro or the uh, MLB spot is open for you? Where do you think you factor into the depth chart right now? Um, well, I, I always set my goals pretty high. Um, I'm really hoping for a start in AAA this year. Um, I think there's a good chance of that, um, but I also don't want to get my hopes up too high and then uh, being AA, and then that kind of puts me in a bad spot mentally. So I'm trying to be just prepared for anything because I've learned that anything can happen. Mm-hmm. I could not, I could all of a sudden not even be on the raise after spring training. So you never know. But I think my goal is by the end of the year would be be playing or be called up have my MLB debut this year which ambitious and but I don't think you get anywhere without ambitious goals so. mm-hmm. do you what's it been like working for or what's it been like uh being with the Rays organization and what how different has it been compared to the other two that you've played with so far oh it's been fantastic I love the guys that they have um I, they 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 don't just pick guys that are good at baseball. They pick guys with good character. So I've been around really great guys. And the player development side is unlike probably any team in the, all of Major League Baseball. They, so they're very individualized. You're, you get one-on-one meetings with people. They, um, If you work hard, they see that and they work with you and they tell you what you can do to, to get to the next level. They're very clear about it. I think that's what separates them. They that's why they build so many old players. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I mean, you look at the Rays organization, and and that seems to be one of those teams that that takes a lot of pride in being able to build guys up from you know the the lower levels mm-hmm. of minor ball and and getting them to the to the MLB stage. So, how excited are you about that opportunity to to continue to grow with that organization and to and to see that there's a path that's been set forth by some of the guys that have, uh, have played with the team previous. Yeah, no, it's super great. Um, I know. And another thing about them is they, it's very competitive. You've got so many, they're so good at building players up that you have so many good players in the minor leagues and the big leagues. It makes it hard to, you, you really got to work hard to forge a path to the big leagues. And if not, you kind of, honestly hope to get traded and often we'll have guys that get traded from like double A AA or triple A and they'll be putting the big leagues on another team it just shows how good they raise off player development and it's yeah no I'm really excited looking forward to what the future holds with the Rays I, I really like the way they they do things here well, and obviously they've uh, got a little bit of a track record of success brewing as well. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at playoff races and, and that kind of thing in a r- ultra competitive division to boot. So it's got to be fun to to, to yep. watch a big league squad and go, hey, I can be there in the not too distant future if I really put my nose to the grindstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool. Um, I think they, they're, yeah, they're a winning team. They made playoffs the last couple of years. They've got young talent, um, and it's it's also I like the competitive atmosphere. Even though some guys will complain about it, like obviously you want to make the big leagues as fast as possible. But I think 
competitive nature here too is just it makes you want to get up there and you you know you you kind of you kind of compare yourself to some of the big leaguers which i do but i try not to do that too much because that can also be a a negative thing Mm -hmm. but like you're like i could play there i just have to yeah really work hard at it Mm -hmm. and yeah they make you work hard for sure. Uh, a couple more for you before we let you go. Looking back on it, it's mm-hmm. been not that long since you were in Oak Tokes and plying your trade with the dogs. <laughs> when you look back, and if you had that opportunity to go back to, to Dogs Academy and now with a, a couple more years of experience behind you, what kinds of advice would you give to those youngsters who are looking to uh, maybe follow in your footsteps? Yeah, um, that'd be, yeah, I want to make it out there again one of these days. I'm thinking maybe after the off or after next season, do a road trip down there. With my, um, I would love to talk to the kids about, I mean, I say it again and again, failure is all it's, it's the biggest thing. Like you're going to fail more in this sport than any other sport. So if you can't deal with that, then you're not, you're not going to be good. And as I said about the highs and the lows, keeping those consistent. I think consistency is what gets you to the big leagues. Um, it moves you up. And I think I hear that from other big leaguers. Like I talked to, um, I can't remember his name. And that is, I asked him, what's the key to getting nuts to the big leagues? It's consistency. Every single big leaguer will say that. Mm-hmm. And I wholeheartedly believe that. So I would tell them that. Mm-hmm. Um, just work hard and have a routine if you don't have a routine, not going to be consistency. If you have a consistent routine, it's it's all mental. Baseball's hugely mental. Obviously, there's a huge physical aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Final question for you. It's one we've asked you previously, but I'm always curious how things change after a couple of years of uh, and having the uh, hindsight being 2020. What does the game of baseball mean to you? I mean, it's pretty much been my whole life, and it's kind of like, oh man. It's just a really big part of me, um, and it's been it, it's been a little more difficult now that I'm married. Now I've got another part of my life, and it's not as important as it was before. And it's not the number one thing, um, but it means a lot to like be able to play with all these guys and meet new people and see different perspectives on life and on baseball and like everything personal life it's really been cool talking talking with coaches meeting big leaguers um like you get to really pick a lot of people's brains and a lot of smart there's a lot of smart people and um but yeah it's it's really cool Absolutely. You get to go so many different places too. It's, it, I mean, it's just an incredible sport for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Tristan, really appreciate the opportunity to catch up and see how life has changed for you over the last couple of years since we last caught up. Uh, congratulations on all the success you've had to this point. Continued success as you go Thank along you. your venture in Tampa Bay, and and uh, looking forward to catching up with you again soon. Happy holidays, and thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
Thanks again to Matt Kootenay and Tristan Peters for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you again for downloading and listening. We will be back in the new year and it'll be happening sooner than you'd think. So make sure to subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss a moment of the action. And while you're there, leave us a rating and review to help share the news about ADS. A massive tip of the cap as always to our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Oak Tokes Dogs and AHP Academy have been integral partners in helping us tell the game stories in our province. We'd also like to give a shout out to our gold, silver, and bronze supporters as well because they too do so many great things within the community. Head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters to learn more about our amazing sponsors and drop us a line if you're interested in joining our roster next season. Again, thank you for the incredible 2023 and from our dugouts to yours, we wish you all Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. We'll see you all again in 2024.